0: This morning, I'd like to share a word with you that the Lord gave me during our recent trip to Israel. And so if you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews chapter three, book of Hebrews chapter three. Praise God. And as you turn there, I just want to pray. Father, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for your marvelous presence here today in the house already. Lord, we sense you in the midst and, uh, and we're so grateful, Lord. Because church without you is dead, it's boring, it's dry. And Lord, we're not interested in religion. We want a living relationship with the living God. And so this morning, we open up our hearts to you. And we ask, even as we just sang, Lord, we need a word from you. And so we ask that you would cause your word to fall on good ground and let it bring forth fruit a hundredfold to the glory and honor of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Now, during our recent trip on our way to Israel, we were on a particular overseas flight, and uh, it was an Air France flight. And you know, if you ever take these overseas flights, they're, they're about seven hours, could be eight hours, depending on where your destination is. And this flight was around seven plus hours. And uh, and it was, it was a good flight. We had a chance to snooze and sleep and eat and uh, relax, and then uh, an hour just before uh, the flight was over, I, I just felt in my heart to encourage the flight attendants that were there, that were serving us, and so when the flight attendant came by my chair, uh, I, I said to her, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for uh, what you've done today, how you've served us. You, you did a great job. And I just wanted to say thank you. And, and uh, she, she looked at me and she paused for a moment and she said, I just want to say thank you. I really appreciate that. I really appreciate that. And uh, about a half hour later, one of the other flight attendants came to me. <laughs> and it was an Air France flight, so they started speaking French to me. And, uh, and, and he was well-dressed. Uh, he looked, I mean, the guy, he looked so sharp. He looked like a model. Um, uh, he, he was so well-dressed, nice rimmed glasses, hair perfectly uh, or in order, you know. And he came to me, and he, and he just asked, he, he asked me a question. He said, did you have something to say? about our service today. And he, and I started to, and he bent down next to my seat just so he could hear clearly what I had to say. (laughs) And so I said to him, you know, you guys have served us well today. And I just want to say, thank you. I wanna say thank you. Your smile was so warm and welcoming and it helped us relax on this flight and I'm just grateful. And I just wanna tell you, keep up the good work. This guy, his face turned red and he didn't know what to say. And then he just looked at me and he said, thank you. (laughs) And then for the next half hour, As they continued to serve us, it seemed like they were floating through the aisles to every person on the flight, just saying, "How are you doing? Are you okay? Can I get you another drink? Would you like some nuts?" You know, I mean, they just began. It seemed like they were just floating through the through the through the, uh, the cabin from person to person. And, and, and asking, them, uh, asking them if they needed any help, if they needed any service. And then by the time we were getting off the flight, they were both lined up right where at the front of the cabin, uh, just before uh, uh, the cockpit, uh, greeting everybody as they left. And as I walked by, they had big smiles. And they greeted me and they said, thank you. Take care. Thank you for flying with us. And and it it stuck with me. Uh, It stuck with me throughout the whole trip in Israel uh, uh, because suddenly with this word of encouragement, they were motivated to action. They were motivated to action. You know, the power of life and death are in the tongue. Do you know that today? After seeing their reaction, I began to consider how powerful a word of encouragement can be to someone. And how powerful they have been to me over the years. Then I started to wonder, what does the Bible have to say about this topic? And as I was praying about what to share with you today, I felt all week that I needed to share with you what I discovered On this subject. And so the title of my message this morning is The Ministry of Encouragement. The Ministry of Encouragement. Hebrews chapter 3, just one verse, verse 13. Now, the Holy Spirit, through the writer in Hebrews, says this He says, Encourage one another daily. Daily. Not sometimes, not most of the time, not every once, daily, as long as it is called today. In other words, as long as there is time, as long as there is an opportunity, so that none of you will be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. In other words, so that none of you will live in unbelief, so that none of you will settle for wrong thinking. So that none of you will stay in wrong behavior. Encourage one another daily. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11. You don't need to turn there. It says, therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact, you are doing. So, the Apostle Paul, writing to the church in Thessalonica, recognizes that they have already been building each other up. They've already been encouraging one another, and he tells them, You need to do it even more. Thank God for what you've been doing already. But even more so, you need to be encouraging one another and building each other up. This is not a suggestion. By the Holy Spirit. Let me say that again. It's not a suggestion by the Holy Spirit. It's a command. The Lord thought this ministry was so important that he talks about it over and over in the scriptures. It is exemplified on many different levels throughout the Bible. Folks, and I have to say, it's especially important in this day and age where there is so much negative speech over the airwaves have you noticed that there's no more civility have you noticed that there's no respect people have no filter and that's the way the world is going you see it in the ta- you see it in the paper you see it on talk shows you you hear it on radio you see it online but Proverbs 1021 says, the words of the godly encourage many. The words of the godly encourage many. The first time the word encourage appears is in Deuteronomy 138. You don't need to turn there. But Moses is telling the people what God told him to do. The Lord told him, your assistant, Joshua, will lead the people into the land. He will lead the people into what God had promised. Encourage him. For he will lead Israel as they take possession of it. Now, what does this word encourage mean? The word encourage is an incredibly rich word. It's a powerful word. It means to seize someone. It means to cause someone to be courageous. To cause, to be strengthened. It means to cure someone. Think about that. To cure someone. How can you cure someone through an encouraging word? Think about that. It means to help, to repair, to fortify someone, to confirm them, to cause to be established, to help someone become mighty. It means to, prevail, to cause someone to prevail, to be secure, to restore to strength, to give strength, to hold up, hold up someone, to support someone. In the New Testament, the word is translated encouraged. Encourage, it's translated to comfort. It's translated to admonish. It's also translated to warn. To warn. Joshua is the type of believer like all of us here who is called of God. He's an ordinary man with an extraordinary God. He's a child of God. He's called to live in his community just like you and I have been called to live in our own communities. He has Specific responsibilities. And it's been 40 years since the 12 spies were sent to spy out the land. Two of them, if you'll remember, Joshua and Caleb, came back with a report full of faith. The other 10 spies should have been examples as well and encouraged the people in their faith. But instead, they ended up discouraging the people and reinforcing their fears. Here in this particular passage, the Lord tells Moses, encourage Joshua, encourage him. Now I want you to turn with me to Joshua chapter one, real quick. Joshua chapter one. Are you with me? The ministry of encouragement, Joshua, in Joshua chapter one. By this particular point in time, it's very possible that Joshua may have been dealing with fear because the Lord comes to him and says to him, be strong and courageous three times. In verse six, seven, and in verse nine, you'll see it there. The Lord tells him, be strong and courageous three times. Then he said to Joshua in verse nine, don't don't be frightened and do not be discouraged. Then suddenly in the very next verse, you see Joshua assuming command. Powerful. You see Joshua rising to do what God had called him to do. Folks, I love it. (laughs) I love it. When you and I take the time to encourage someone, that encouragement can be the very thing God uses to cause that person to go forward in his plan for their life. The word encouragement comes, and suddenly he rises up and he assumes command. He takes his position. He begins to go forward in the call of God on his life, despite the fear, despite the maybe the possible trepidation, the discouragement that had come in after forty years. He rises up and he goes forward. In this portion of Scripture. The Lord gives Joshua some keys to success. There are are three here that stood out to me that I just want to mention to you. Number one, he said to him, I'll be with you. I'm going to be with you, Joshua, the same way I was with Moses. (laughs) I'm no respecter of persons. I'm going to be with you, no matter how small or insignificant you may think you are. I will be with you. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. I will send the Holy Spirit who will be with you always. Somebody say always. Always. Who will be with you always. I am your supply. I will strengthen you. I will make a way for you. I will be with you. Number two. He said, be careful to obey me. Be careful to obey me. In other words, follow my lead. Don't lean on your own understanding. Let me direct your path. Let me order and direct your steps. Trust me. Believe me. Rely on me. Listen. To me. To obey God is to trust God. And to trust God is to obey God. Amen. I will be with you. Be careful to obey me. And lastly, meditate on my word. In other words, let me speak to you. Let me speak to you. You know, the Word of God is alive, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Through God's Word, He can He produces faith, He produces life, He produces victory, He produces hope. You can all, you can read it in Psalm one nineteen. You know that extremely long Psalm that you're like, Oh Lord. <laughs> I bet you come to. If you ever go through that Psalm and you begin to just highlight what the word of God produces, what the commandments of the Lord do, what the statutes of the Lord are able to produce in your heart and mind, it'd be, you'd be amazed. They bring healing, hope, direction, a sense of anticipation. There's so much there that the word of God is designed to produce. And when you and I take the time to read his love letter to us, because that's what the word of God is. It's God's love letter to you and I. It's his voice. You know, so many Christians say, well, God doesn't speak to me. Well, my first question is, are you in his word? Are you listening to his voice? Because his word is his voice. Some people think, oh, I got to read the Bible. I don't get anything out of it. Well, maybe it's because uh, the Lord is trying to produce a deeper hunger in you. And some practical things is number one, ask him to speak to you. Ask him to open it up to you. Don't settle for just punching in and punching out. Ask him to open it up to you. And secondly, get a translation that you understand. (laughs) If it's old English and you don't understand, get something a little bit more modern English. Get the NLT, New Living Translation, or the ESV, or, or the New King James, or just get something that you can understand. But don't settle for just punching in and punching out your devotion time and don't settle for just going through life without a word because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. (laughs) So he said, meditate on my word. In other words, let me speak to you. When you start, when I, when I go to the word of God, this is what I'm doing. I'm putting my ear to God's mouth and I'm giving him the opportunity to speak to me, to direct me, to instill hope in me, to tell me about my future, to remind me of who he is. He said, meditate on my word. Let me speak to you. Listen to my voice. In other words, let me tell you how much I love. Let me remind you of who you are and whose you are. Remind yourself of my promises. Take the time to remind even yourself of my promises by meditating on my word. You know, what's interesting to me is that the Lord uses Moses to encourage Joshua to be strong. Then when Moses isn't around, the Lord comes to Joshua, as we just read, directly, and then encourages him. And we see that in the words in this command, be strong and of good courage. Then Joshua, and you don't need to turn there, in chapter 10, verse 25, he turns around and now he encourages the people the same way. So, the Lord, so Moses encourages him. God uses Moses to encourage him. Then the Lord encourages him directly. And then Joshua now turns around and encourages the people. Freely he's received it. And now freely he's giving it. The Lord never meant for me to focus on just my own needs. I have been blessed so that I might be a blessing. Like Joshua, I must become a conduit, a channel of God's love and grace to others. Because that's what encouraging someone is. It's what you're doing is you become a conduit of God's love and grace. God's care for that person that he's put in your path. It's not just pastors and preachers who are called to encourage people. Everyone is called to care and look after one another. This type of love and care is designed so that no one will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. It's especially designed to empower us to help others get away from wrong thinking and wrong behavior. This is a very simple way to minister to those in your sphere of influence. For this to happen, the Lord has given us his spirit. He's not left us alone. He's not left us to do this on our own or to do it alone. The encourager, the one who strengthens, the comforter has come to enable us to supernaturally impact the lives of those around us. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, We all have an opportunity to make a difference in someone's life. Therefore, parents, encourage your children. Encourage your children. You know, I've been a youth pastor for over 22 years. And I've seen a lot of young people come and go. And I can't tell you how many cases I've dealt with with young people who, who, who just battle a sense of uh, uh, they, no, no self-worth, struggle with anxiety, fear, eating disorders, simply because they have pressure on them, so much pressure on them to perform. And they've never been told that they've done a good job, or that their parents are pleased. They feel like in order to receive love from their parents, that they have to perform. That they have to become what their parents want them to become. This has been heavy on my heart for about three weeks now. You know, the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go so that when they're old, they won't depart from it. You know, one idea behind that passage is not that I, if I want my child to be a doctor, that I push them in that direction. And I'm training them up to be just that, what I want. No. The idea is I get the mind of God for that child. And I find out what God has gifted them in. And then I begin to encourage them. I begin to support them. I begin to lift them up. I begin to get behind them and help them to move in what God has designed for their life. Not what I want for them, but what God wants for them. I can't tell you how many folks I've spoken to who their parents put pushed them to become a doctor or a lawyer. And they're not even doing that anymore because they hated it. By the time they became adults and, and tried that field, they hated it. Went back to school and put, took up something else. But they went that way simply because they were pushed in that direction. And that wasn't even their gifting. It wasn't their heart. Do you understand what I'm saying today? So parents, encourage your children. But children, encourage your parents as well. Appreciate them. Love on them. Thank them. Husbands, encourage your wife. Wives, encourage your husband. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, encourage one another. Employers, encourage your employees. Employee, encourage your employer. (laughs) Don't talk bad behind their back. Don't join in with the negative speech all around you. Leaders, encourage those under your leadership. And those under authority, encourage your leaders. Let the older encourage the younger. and Let the younger thank and encourage the older. And lastly, don't forget to encourage yourself. You know, once in a while we have to do that. The psalmist David had to do that once in a while. He had to say, why art thou downcast, O my soul? Hope thou in God, for I will yet praise him. I'm going to praise him. He's going to see me through. Psychologists say that it takes five positive thoughts to combat one negative thought. Five positive thoughts to combat one negative one. Negative emotions generally involve more thinking, and the information is processed more thoroughly than positive ones. Think about that. This simply means that we spend more time thinking about and processing the negative things we experience than the positive ones. But I want you to know that one word from Jesus can break the power of any stronghold of the devil in a life, folks. One word from the Lord through your lips. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how long the enemy or your own heart has been lying to you. There is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Hallelujah. Now there are times when we all need encouragement. Some examples of times when we all need encouragement. Loss of a loved one. I think of last year. When my mom passed, I was with my family in the funeral parlor. There was crying, there was weeping. But then suddenly, the church started to show up. (laughs) And they didn't even have to say a word, they just showed up. And suddenly, my spirit was lifted. You know, encouraging someone doesn't necessarily require words. Sometimes it's just being there when someone is having a bad day. Or being bullied on the job or bullied on their campus, bullied at school. It's just being, sometimes it's just being there. Other times when we need encouragement, when, a, when negative words have been spoken over someone's life, for example, you're just like your father. Or a professor or a teacher tells you, give it up. You're never going to make it. You're, you're never going to pass. There's no point. When negative words have been spoken over a life, when a spouse says something negative and just walks out the door, When the arrows or lies of the devil are assailing one's mind, we can use a word of encouragement. Folks, in this city, we've talked about it as pastors over the years. The battle is for your mind in this city. The principalities and powers of the air in this city are after your thought life, your mind. And the enemy will come to you and tell you you're worth nothing. Give it up. What's the point? You're about to be fired. Uh, You're not, you're wasting your time. You're not having an impact. Just give it up. What, What are you doing? Fiery darts, lies from the enemy. When someone has experienced failure, I think of Barnabas, whose cousin John Mark had been traveling with the Apostle Paul. And, and, and Barnabas on, on missionary journey, missionary trip, as they were ministering. And at one point, John Mark, he leaves. He abandons them. And later on, uh, Barnabas, his cousin, he goes and finds John Mark. And he begins to pour into this young man. He begins to love on him. He begins to speak into his life. And as he begins to speak into his life, he's built up. He's strengthened. And then suddenly, later on, Paul says, send me that guy. At first, Paul, Barnabas and Paul split at one point because Barnabas wanted to go get John, Mark, and bring him back. And Paul was like, no, 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 no. But then Paul, uh, Barnabas goes and finds him, disciples, and pours into him, encourages him because that's who Barnabas was. He, was. he was an encourager, son of encouragement. That was his name. <laughs> Pours into him. And then next thing you know, John Mark, later on, Paul sends for John Mark, says, send me that boy. <laughs> He's profitable now. <laughs> He's profitable for the ministry. And not only that, John Mark, who had abandoned them, goes on to write the gospel of Mark. When someone has experienced failure, they can use a word of encouragement. When a person is undertaking a new endeavor, I think of when the prophets Haggai and Zechariah was used of God to encourage the people to continue building the temple, uh, the temple of the Lord, which was the task that was set before them after they had come back from being exiled in Babylon. I think of when someone is going in the wrong direction or is about to sin and we know it. How the Lord can use us to say, no, you don't want to go that way. Don't do it. Don't do that. Or when someone is afraid. Think of Gideon, right? The Lord calls him and he's afraid. (laughs) But the Lord comes to him and says, I'm with you, Gideon. Not only am I with you, but you are a mighty man of valor. You're going to be a mighty man of valor. And that's who you are right now. Currently in me, that's the way I see you because I see the end from the beginning. That's your identity. You were this, but this is who you are now because I'm with you. I was reminded of a testimony that Pastor Carter shared and I asked him about it. And he began to tell me, share it with me again. He he shared how he was on a commuter train, and it was one of those trains, you know, where you're you're seated, and it's three people, and he's sit, seated in the middle, and there's a man on his uh, his on uh, one side, a man on the other side, there's a woman directly ahead of him, and uh, and a man on each of, uh, a man on each of her side, on each side of her. And, uh, and it's, you know, your knees are so close and it's so uncomfortable. And for the ride, you, you, you're, you're there in everybody's face. So he had bought a newspaper so that he could just sit there <laughs> and read his paper. And so as he's reading the paper, suddenly, after a little while, he gets this thought. I want you to tell the woman across from you that everything is going to be okay. And he thought for a minute, and he thought, man, there's 40 minutes left to this ride. What if she doesn't take it the right way? What if she says, you creep, get away from me? I mean, like, and then what are these men, these four men going to think? She's like 20 years younger than me. Are they going to think I'm hitting on this younger woman? What what are they going to think? And so as this, all this is going on in his mind, the Holy Spirit won't let him go. And finally, he said to the Holy Spirit, no, you tell her. (laughs) But how many of you know the Holy Spirit won't let you go? If you want Jesus to use your life, if you want to make a difference in this generation, he just won't let you go if your heart is sincere. And so finally, after wrestling, (laughs) he pulls the paper down. And he addresses her and he says to her, Young lady, I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian, and God speaks to me. And he said, Suddenly, the eyes of all the four men were looking at them. And he could feel like they were probably smirking and thinking, Okay, let's see how this, this is not going to end well. And suddenly, He says to her, God speaks to me, and he's told me to tell you everything is going to be okay. He said tears came bursting out of her eyes, and she bursted into tears and started to cry and said, oh God, oh Lord, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And she went on to say to him, that she's got cancer and she's got a husband and two little kids at home and she had just been praying that morning as she was heading into the doctor Lord I need to know that everything is going to be okay Folks, you never know what God will do as you avail yourself to him. Your situation, opportunity may not be as dramatic. It could be just asking someone if they need prayer. I think of while we were in Israel. Pastor Carter and I would get up every morning and we would go to the gym and work out. And, uh, we were at the gym one morning and a young, young man saw us and uh, he saw me and he started asking me questions, what, what we were doing in Israel and in English. And, uh, and as he began to ask questions, uh, we smiled and we exchanged some pleasantries. And later on, just before we were going to leave the gym to go back to the hotel and get ready for the day, I, I felt in my heart just to ask him if I could pray for him for anything. And, um, and when I asked him, I, I had asked him earlier his name and everything. And, um, and immediately he said, yes. Uh, he said, I have an exam right after this. Can you pray for me? And I said, okay. Because uh, I, I told him my wife and I, we love to pray for folks. And is there anything we can pray for you? And he said, yes. Can you pray for me about this? And, uh, and I said, okay, we're going to pray for you. I'm gonna pray for you, for God to give you peace. And I'm, I'm gonna pray that you would know how much He loves you. And that you would know that Yeshua is King. And He said, Thank you so much. And He was, I mean, this guy was beaming afterwards. And then we left. And I don't know what happened, but we prayed for Him. And folks, it could be something as simple as that. You know, saying to somebody, Hey, I pray, and I want to pray for you. Is there anything I can pray for you? Turn with me to our last scripture, 2 Corinthians 1, real quick. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Two verses. Very familiar verses. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse three and four, all praise to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful father and the source of all comfort. And that word comfort, you can exchange with encouragement. It's the same word. So as we continue reading, I want you to put the word encouragement in there. You're used to reading comfort, but it also means encouragement. Our merciful Father, the source of all encouragement. Verse four, He encourages us in all our troubles so that we can encourage others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same encouragement God has given us. Those of you here who have suffered, and allowed the Lord to encourage you are destined to be used of God mightily to encourage others. It doesn't matter how deep the hole that a person may be in, you will be given an authority to help pull them out of it in the name of Jesus. Jesus. The Bible says that we are his masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus unto good works that God ordained beforehand that we should walk in them. I want to encourage every believer in this place that you can and will make a difference one soul at a time. Amen. This morning, I want to pray for two things. Number one, I want to pray for everyone in this place that needs encouragement. I don't know what has transpired in your life. I don't know what has happened. But we're going to take a moment and we're going to pray for one another here. We're going to exercise love and care over one another because we're one body. Amen? We're one body. If you stub your toe, everything in your person, in this body, shifts its attention to wherever that pain and need is. Amen? Amen. And so that's what we're going to do here this morning. We're going to shift our attention, and we're going to pray for one another. I don't know if you've experienced a loss of loved one and you've been carrying that sorrow, that grief, and you haven't been able to break free from that. Folks, there's a normal time of grieving, but then there's a time when it, we have to move. I don't know if a word has been spoken over your life. I don't know if a, the enemy has shot some fiery dart at you and, and stopped you from ministering. I, I don't know what has transpired in your life, but the Lord wants you to go forward today. And so we're going to pray for one another. And so I want us, first of all, if you would like prayer today, because you need encouragement for some reason or another, we don't have to know what it is. And I'm not even going to ask you to come forward. I just want you to raise your hand right where you're at right now. Raise your hand real high, real high. Keep it up real high. Okay. Keep it up real high. And I want everyone else whose hand is not raised to look around you, look around you at the hands that are around you, right next to you, possibly even behind you. I want you to look at those hands. Okay. And in a moment we're going to stand, we're going to stand, mark those people. And I want men with men, women with women, put a hand on each other's shoulder. And we're going to take a moment and we're going to pray for each other. We're going to take a minute and we're going to pray for each other. Okay. That's the first thing we're going to do. We're going to pray for that. And then the second thing we're going to pray for all of us is for an anointing to flow in this ministry of encouragement. Not just here in the house, but when we leave these doors. Amen? Let's stand quietly and reverently. Quietly and reverently. Okay? And now I want you to go ahead and put a hand on your brother or your sister's shoulder. Right now, let's turn around, let's do that. And we're going to lift our voice to God. We're going to pray for one another. We're going to take a minute and pray for one. Let's turn this whole place into a prayer meeting right now. Let's start praying. You lift your voice. You pray for your brother and sister right now. Lift your voice. Begin to cry out to God for them. You don't have to know what it is. Just pray for God's comfort, God's encouragement, God's strengthening. Pray that God makes them mighty. That whatever that ails them, that God would cure it. That he would help them today. That he would bless them. That he would cause them to go forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Lord, we pray today for one another. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters online. Lord, I thank you that they are not alone today, but that you are with them, Lord. That you love them, that you care for them, and that you're going to meet them right where they're at. I thank you that you are their glory and the lifter of their head. God, in Jesus' name, I'm asking and believing, Lord, Lord, that you will cause them to rise up in you and to go forward, Lord, that you will bring courage, that you will bring strength, that you will bring healing, that you will support them, Lord, that they not only will be supported and strengthened, but that they will go forward in the call that you have for their life. God, I thank you for everyone here in the house. I thank you for everyone who's online. I thank you for those in North Jersey, God, Lord, that they will be blessed and strengthened, Lord, for the days ahead, that no matter what they face, God, you're going to help them to be an overcomer. Lord, you're going to help them, Lord, to finish their course, Lord, to finish their race, Lord, the race that's set before them, God. Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for each one. I thank you that each one is precious, that each one is dear to your heart, that you care for each one. You care, Lord, for each one today, oh God, Lord, and that you're working in each one of their lives. Lord, in the work you began, you're going to see it, see it through. You're going to see it through to completion for your glory and your honor, God. I thank you, Lord. I thank you. I praise you for this. I bless you for it. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord, for ministering to your people. Thank you for ministering through your body. Thank you, Lord, for ministering today in a powerful way through us, Lord, to one another, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, everyone in this house, lift your hands to God. Lift both your hands to God now. Lift both your hands to the Lord, and I want you to begin to cry out to God. Ask him to anoint you, ask him to use you. Ask him to use you in the days ahead, to minister to people he will put in your path, in your sphere of influence. Ask him to open your eyes to the needs that are around you, to those that are discouraged, those that are suicidal, those that are junkies, those that are suffering with depression, mental anguish. Hallelujah. Those that are discouraged, ask the Lord to anoint you, to use you. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, use us. Use us for your glory. Use us for your honor. Lord, in Jesus' name, anoint men and women, boys and girls in this place, Lord, to be ministers of encouragement today. God, I'm asking that we would become builders and planters. God, I'm asking that we would be numbered among those that pull down the strongholds of the devil in the lives of people we will encounter. God, I'm asking that you will glorify your name through us. God, I'm asking that men will know that we are your disciples by the love we have for one another, O oh God. God, I thank you for what you're about to do. God, I'm believing you that you will double our numbers as we begin to love on the world around us and as we become your hands and feet and mouthpiece to this generation, God. Come on, folks. Give them a shout of praise today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.